0: And let me tell you we are not just healing our wounds of this life we are healing our ancestral wounds we are Mm. healing our collective wounds we're healing past lifetime wounds we were healing all these wounds in order to evolve
1: You are listening to Turn Your Soul On Radio. I am your host and visionary doctor, Dr. Brandi Victory, and my mission is to assist high-achieving women in closing the gap between feeling unfulfilled to living a life on fire. It is time, ladies, to champion our own lives and turn ourselves on. This is Living Victoriously, ladies. This is how you turn your soul on. Hello, gorgeous ones. I am... Thrilled to be here with you today. I've got a really special guest that I'm bringing forth in this Ambition and Grace session. Her name is Molly Douglas, and Molly Douglas is an art therapist, and uh, she also practices trauma-sensitive yoga and creative intuitive healing, and she offers sacred feminine workshops and body-centered psychotherapy and all these really beautiful, yummy, wonderful, feminine, sensual things that I think you're really going to dig hearing about. And um, Molly, I want to welcome you to our show.
0: Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I just want to kind of preface that... um, Typically, most of, most of my shows are solo casts. It's just me talking. And then I intersperse interviews throughout to, and we call these ambition and grace sessions. And essentially, the reason why I do that is because I think it's so important for, and I know you're, I know you're so aligned to this, but it's just so important for women to know that they can too.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's so much easier when we know we're doing this together and not by ourselves.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, right, you know, and and I know you've probably seen this too, but it's just easy for and and I've even done this myself, you know, where I've looked up to somebody who's made it, quote unquote made it, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be just like that." And, and then maybe self-doubt comes into play or your storylines about why you can't or how your past or your childhood or your mom or whatever (laughs) has impacted your ability to actually be what you want in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, what we're doing here is we're just unwinding that and we are opening the door for women so that they know that they can too, so that they know whatever storyline they've been living by, they can let go of. And that there's, that we, me and you, just like them and they are just like us. I mean, we're all, we're all one and we all have the same ability to, to create. And your creation is going to look a little different than my creation because our vibrations are different and we all have the ability to create and we're manifestors by nature. And so I'm so grateful to be talking to you right now, Molly. Yes. 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 Beautiful.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is why I know our listeners are going to love everything that you have to offer because you're so in alignment with what we do here. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. I'm super excited about this. So
1: nice, nice. And so I know I kind of preempted uh, some of the things that you do and I know you do so much more. Do you want to kind of give us a little synopsis of what exactly is it that you do and how you got here?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I have been using uh, some form of creative, intuitive healing um, for about the past 20 years, and I've been working in the mental health practice for the past 11 years. So it started just being able to find these tools and how they worked with myself, and working through um, trauma and childhood sexual trauma, and being able to reconnect back to my body um, and. So I offer um, alternative ways for individuals to learn to connect back, to back, connect back to themselves, back to others, and ultimately back to the planet. Because, like you said, we're we're all one, and we are just a multifaceted, um, a multifaceted crystal that we are just reflected back in in every everyone. Um, so I take individuals through a creative, intuitive process in order to help them explore and express feelings or to heal and transform, um, and help them connect to their higher self and their higher consciousness.
1: Wow. Love that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I, I kind of have some curiosities around a few things that you just spoke of. Can I, yeah, can we go there? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Um, So first of all, you know, I know like. You've had some, the, the sexual abuse that you've talked about and some childhood trauma and eating disorders, which I'll let you get to into uh-huh. in a few minutes. But, you know, coming from that place, because I've had similar experiences in some ways and coming from that place to where you are now, you sound like you're so put together and you like know yourself in a very <laughs> deep way. And well, like really, like I yeah, know where you no, came it's from.
0: Right. <laughs> it's, but it's something I have to work at every day. You know, it's something that head, that ego lens gets in the way all the time where those self-doubts or those insecurities or fears will creep up. And, and I have to, you know, realign that a lot in order, because we go through the layers, right? It's, we, we, we heal through these layers and we're like, yeah, damn, I got this. This is great. And then <laughs> something will creep in again. It's like, oh, you know, it'll pull on my, you know, self-worth or value. This has really been a, a year of re, realigning my value and worth. And I don't think that's just a me thing. I think it's a we thing. It's a, a collectiveness that we are working to heal those wounds that are around our value and our worth, um, as a human being. And, and, uh, so yeah, those you know those wounds come up all the time. Although I have worked on them and and worked on shedding those old beliefs and and cores and values that that there's we we continuously to have layers as we grow and evolve.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, and you peel yeah. off one, and then the next one arises. And I right. I, I have yeah. some sense that this is probably going to be the way it is while I'm totally embodied. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm curious, like, how did you, first of all, how did you get to a place where you knew you wanted something different? Because when you, when someone is stuck in child abuse and eating disorders and all the other things that have gone on in your, in your past, Uh um, that can be a, a really huge detriment to someone's growth. How do you? How did you know that there was something better? How did you know that there was something other than that that you could reach mm. for? I, I th-
0: it was you know, it goes back to to high school where I was I was signed up to be a flight attendant and I had two aunts that were flight attendants and at the last minute I I I didn't I I just knew it wasn't the right place for me. I knew that there was something more. So that was probably the first time I felt like, yeah, there's absolutely something more. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm willing to figure it out. And, um, and it wasn't until I, you know, discovered art therapy. A friend had told me about it. Um, and I had no idea what it was. And it was way back in the day when we had to, you know, actually go to the library to research (laughs) before Google. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you, and, and it was, that that was absolutely that first aha moment was art therapy. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and it was that, that purpose. Like, I knew that was it. And it was a rough road um, in college. And uh, I had way too much fun um, when I went to Kansas State. And I ended up not graduating. And my trauma had come to the surface, um, you know, confronting my abuser and confronting the eating disorder. And that's also when I discovered yoga. And found that, like, wow, this is, this this help, connects me back to my breath. It helps me breathe. I, you know, it's not, it wasn't about, like, how far I could stretch. It wasn't about, it was a really, you know, laid back kind of restorative type of yoga. But it was the first thing I'd done for myself to really connect to my body. And I didn't realize, um, I didn't know it could feel safe to to be embodied. And so yoga was that first step of, of reconnecting, learn to befriend my body again um, and to feel safe in it. And then from there um, as I, it it was a long road, but I, I, you know, I finally was able to uh, go back to school after I had um, dropped out as like six credits short, of graduating and moved back home for a year and was just, knew I had to get back into it. And um, and my husband had encouraged me, well, he is my boyfriend or fiance at the time, but we were looking at grad schools. Um, but before that, my mom had discovered that there was a place locally that actually had a art therapy certificate program and although you have to get your master's in it in order to become certified or board certified, uh, it was, it was just one of those first steps back um, into it. And it was through, you know, mentors that I had that encouraged me to, um, yeah, Roberta Victor was a mentor of mine that was phenomenal and she encouraged me to go to grad school. And so I just, I kept going, I I just kept going and it felt like it was never going to end and I was never going to be, never get there, but I did. And, um, you know, it was a healing process at the same time because I had to go through my own personal therapy, uh, which at the time I thought was kind of bullshit. <laughs> I was like, this is the <laughs> only, who else has to, has to have their own personal therapy in order to, you know, graduate, Graduate, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but it it was, it was, the best thing ever. And, and of course you have to know your crap so it doesn't get in the way of, of others. Um, you know, when you're working with helping people. So it's, yeah, it it was what brought me to, to realizing that, well, if it worked for me, it can work for others.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. That's so wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds like a pretty challenging road of, of not being able to you felt felt like you were kind of like pushing against so much to even get through school.
0: <laughs> right. It was, it was, you know, I was pushing, I was pushing against feeling enough, feeling enough, feeling self-worth. I never thought of myself as like smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I didn't have a lot of encouragement in, in that department um, growing up with like boyfriends or whatever. It's just, you know, the value was on the outside. It wasn't on the inside. And, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, to, like, write a thesis and to go to, like, you know, like, I've, I was damn proud. You <laughs> I should was, be. <laughs> right? So, yeah, but there was always that imposter syndrome. I mean, it didn't matter how many degrees I had. It didn't matter, um, you know, how many letters are behind my name or how many books I'd read. There, there was never enough. It was still, like, feeling like I was an imposter in some way.
1: Oh wow! I so get that feeling.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of women do. I think I think we all kind of struggle with that that feeling of enoughness.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And yeah. men too, I'm sure.
1: You know, I, I bet they do. I bet they do in some ways. But I think you're. I think you're right. I think for sure women women deal with that because we have you know kind of in a culture it feels like we have these expectations that are put on us to either be beautiful or be a stay-at-home mom or whatever the story is you know that we make up and align to as we're growing up and um, and then when we become called to step into our authentic truth, which is what we're all being called to do on some level even though you may not be conscious of it
0: absolutely um,
1: There's a rub because our authentic truth doesn't necessarily align with Having blonde hair, big uh, big boobs, and a tiny waist, or um, align with oh my family thinks I should be like for me, um, my family wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. That I was I was groomed to be a doctor or a lawyer. I was going to be a surgeon. Like I was on my way, mm. and then I made a quick you'd turn to the left and I went down the chiropractic model and, and I was, and then I was the black sheep of the family because they, I didn't live up to the expectation. That was really hard. Right. So I, you know, it, yeah. I think it doesn't matter what our, what our, what our thoughts are around what we're supposed to be, but we're told we're supposed to be something. And then our truth and our authentic, our authenticity, isn't necessarily aligned to that. And so now we have this gap or this rub between what we think we're supposed to be and who we really are. And that gap, I believe, is what what we're working, me and you, and the other people who are in the mm-hmm. healing arts, are working to close for women.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that place of empowerment, right? That connection to the whole self. These stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we inherit and 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 just... Shedding that, shedding those layers, and to truly connect to what is within. Um, yeah. The yeah. authentic self. Yeah. yeah. The empowered self.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then helping people know it can be safe, right? Holding a sacred container for that evolution.
0: Absolutely. Hmm.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then, you know, um, one of the things I know you speak about is finding balance in the sacred from the feminine from the lens of the sacred feminine. Yes. Can, can you speak a little bit more to that?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, this was a discovery that, that came along. Well, I've always been into like metaphysical and, um, you know, astrology and things like that since since um, I found the metaphysical section um, at the college bookstore. Um, not the college bookstore. I was at like Hastings, but it was when I was at college. But, uh, you know, there was always this draw to something more. And, um, but it wasn't until I started connecting to like chakras and energy work and realizing that there's there's this this other part of self, the spiritual self, but it was never the part I heard about in church, like growing up and through religion. And um, you know there were never I never found the role models in church or religion, but I found them in the metaphysical section mm. in the bookstore and The more I learned about it and the more it really connected that there 's this this sacred feminine self and for me, it came through the goddess it came through I think the first goddess that um, I found was this Hindu goddess of compassion, uh, the Tara, the Green Tara, and I found a, a sculpture of her when I was on vacation, um, like early two thousands, and I really didn't know anything about her, but I thought she was fantastic. And I read her little tag, and it's like goddess of compassion and unconditional love. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for you know therapy and what I want to do. I'll just put my office so she's been in my office since you know I've started practicing and and then the next one that came along I think was Kuan uh, Yin, and I started reading about Kuan Yin. and I'm like oh this is a heart centered lens she's so beautiful she's this connection to you know seeing through a new lens and then Isis came along goddess Isis the Egyptian goddess and mm. there's just this in huge empowerment and and so, you know, the sacred lens has been this this growth and this learning that, you know, these are my role models. Like, this is the connection to to the spiritual self that, that I've always longed for and wanted. And, and she goes by so many different names. And it's, you know, it's—I um, started out with, like, oracle cards and learning about the different goddesses and um, our connection to them and— it it really is the spiritual part of self that's been cut off for for thousands of years, but finding this empowerment that it's within, you know, it may be the image, or it may be, um, you know, these individuals who who lived long ago, but it's it's their their attributes. They're kind of like you know the the archetypes, right? Mm. These these feminine parts of self that that are within all of us. And that was such an empowering place to connect to, and to find balance. And and the practice that I've been teaching and that I've been working on myself is being able to shift from this headlands, which is very much patriarchy. It's very much um, this place of of doing right and. And we can get caught up in the the ego, the fears, the doubts, the worries, but if we can drop down and hear below the noise, which you know some um, ancient wisdom has called that the way where where we can see things through a different lens, we can hear we can we can connect um and like see the bigger picture. And for me, that's through the lens of the sacred feminine. If we drop down to that heart lens and see through those eyes, then it's not about overpowering or, or taking over the masculine. Or the, we all have the, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine energy running through us. It doesn't matter if you identify as male or female or neither or both. We all have this this these energies and the sacred feminine energy is not about overpowering the masculine it's about creating balance with it and having it aligned um but if we start with the headlands, then you know the way we see ourselves is you know can be really negative and, and um not enough right and the way we see others and the way we see the planet but if we start from the heart lens if we start from that that sacred feminine lens, then we can see through those eyes of love. We can see through those eyes of compassion, and not just, you know, especially for ourselves. Um, but when we can see ourselves through th- that lens, then we can see others through that way, and then we can see how sacred everything is on this planet and how we are all connected. Um, so yeah, that's that was that place of of self love and compassion and learning. Um, that that really does shift everything Mm -hmm. with the sacred feminine. And it's, you know, goddesses is is really trendy right now, which I love and I'm so grateful for because I think, you know, that's the doorway in. But it's, it's not about, you know, just goddess. It's about connecting back to that spiritual part of us that's been that's been cut off that's been you know broke off for so long and you know that's also our creative our intuitive those are all of our empowerment centers and art therapy really embodies all of that and I didn't put all those pieces together until down the road but it really is this um you know embodies all those principles
1: Mm, I love that. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I've not ever done art therapy, but it sounds like something I want to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it sounds really cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I'm curious, what would you say to a woman who may be listening right now, who has some resistance coming up to doing something of this nature? Because, you know, it's, it's, first of all, as you know, it's a really, difficult thing for us to look at our shadow. It's a mm-hmm. really difficult thing to break out of our groove, even though the groove we're in may be painful or lacking or, you know, not enoughness, right? Right. But to let go of that means that we, we shift will happen. So if we let go of that on our mental mindset and on an energetic level, then that's going to affect our physical world. And so then that, then there's mm-hmm. the fear that arises of, okay, what is it that I'm going to have to do, be, or become? As a result of making these changes in my life, right so so the, yeah. these are like walls that women I, com- I commonly see will put up because they're like, eh, I don't want to go there." How would you encourage someone who may be in that place to to open up to something like this
0: hmm. uh, you know that, that that is where that is where I meet people at that's where when, they're, when they come to me they're ready. They're ready to do that. They're they're not sure what, they're not sure how, they're not sure, you know, what's next, but they know that what's been working isn't serving a purpose any longer. So being able to just, connect with them in the moment of, of what's not serving. Um, And I work a lot just through feelings. We don't have to dig up every single detail in order to heal. And let me tell you, we are not just healing our wounds of this life. We are healing our ancestral wounds. We are Mm. healing our collective wounds. We're healing past lifetime wounds. We were healing all these wounds in order to evolve, um, and where people want to be to, to live the best versions of themselves and the life that they desire. Like, like we're here to live like a heaven on earth. We're here to live like the best, most abundant life. We're, we're made to be, um, abundant human beings, but we're, we're stuck in these old ways of, of doing and thinking and believing. And it's really miserable, and um, so when people are, are becoming aware of this, so I see this as like um, three, three different sort of uh, parts of transformation. Um, I call them like the fires of transformation. The first one is living aware. The second one is living awake. And the third one is living aligned. Mm. And the living aware is just that awareness that um, there's something more. Right there's something more. There's something more that, in a way, that we can be. And some of that is just reconnecting back to the body and feeling safe in the body, and using breath to connect back, because um, that connects us just to the feeling of being grounded. So many of the, you know, so much of the unpleasant or uncomfortableness, um, the wounds and the stories take us out of our body, and we just don't even want to be present, but when we're not present, we're, we're numbing. And if we're numbing or disconnecting from the unpleasant, we're also numbing and disconnecting from the pleasant and the joy and the bliss. So yeah, um, we're, we're, um, just getting individuals back into the body and finding that place of grounding and reconnecting. And it's from that place that we can start to explore what what the wounds are and and what's not working um or just what needs to be shifted. and maybe it's something that doesn't need to be shed and let go, but maybe it's just a shift in in how it how it's um you know what the function is right now and and how it's flowing
1: mm. yeah, yeah. So so it sounds like you kind of meet women where they're at, you know, depending on how open they are to, to facing or revealing or being vulnerable, and then kind of give them a little bit of a directive, uh, depending on where they're at, as to the next step, so it can be kind of a safe unfoldment and evolution for them. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Absolutely. Um, and And realizing that there are so many tools that, you know, you can work with in order to you know, make it not painful in order to feel empowered. And, and a lot of that is shifting and seeing things out of a new lens and creativity Mm. and intuition too. women, um, you know, intuition is that connection back to the body and using the body as a resource in order to uh, know when something's unpleasant or, or pleasant and, and that we really do have those tools in order Mm -hmm. to connect to what we really want and what we need. Um, we are our own oracle. We are our own fortune <laughs> teller. We don't need something outside of ourself. Um, so all I do is just help guide individuals to, to find those places to within and that ultimately they figure out what, what is working for them and what is not and what is ready to be healed and, and transformed and shifted.
1: Mm, I love that. I, I also, I really love the piece around pleasure because mm. I, I I never really, like yes. until you just said that, I never really considered it before until you said that if you're cutting yourself off from the painful stuff or the displeasurable stuff, you're also cutting yourself off from pleasurable stuff.
0: Absolutely. We can't mm. just, yeah, we can't just choose what what we numb off and what we don't. It's kind of the big switch for for all. And and you know pleasure is something that's really connected to the body right it's all of our senses, and so if we 're disconnected from the body, if we 're not embodying um, you know who we are, then, then we 're missing out on all of that and and it's time to bring sacred back it's time to bring sacred back to the body and feel that and feel ourselves as this big you know beautiful temple. Um, to To bring sacred back to eating and speaking and acting and um, you know love the way we eat, the way we speak, the way we love, the way mm-hmm. we act mm-hmm.
1: and that 's so important. I think the sacred piece is really important because I could hear people 's minds going to as as we were talking about if you 're cutting yourself off from plus uh, displeasurable things you 're cutting yourself off from pleasurable things, and I could hear people 's minds going to. Well, I enjoy food. I enjoy sex. I over, mm-hmm. I enjoy overindulging. Right, all these things that yes are pleasurable, but are probably also ways that people numb themselves out.
0: Absolutely, it's a matter of intention you know, intention is huge. It's what, you know, you can, you can, you can eat to enjoy, but you can also eat to numb. You can have sex to have pleasure and to enjoy, but you can also do it to numb. It's really about that consciousness, right? Awake, being awake and that consciousness of being in the moment, being in that present moment and feeling with the senses and embodying that and, Mm. and connecting back to that sacred part of self, which is that, that, that spiritual self that higher part of consciousness Mm -hmm. and, and we, everything that, 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 you know, not everything, but I imagine quite a few things that we have shame and guilt around. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is quite pleasurable, but it's just that our we've been told and it's been shifted and distorted and um, to make it, feel like it's something not okay but if we create mm-hmm. it with the right intention in that embodied place then you know that's that's mm-hmm. the way we're supposed to be living
1: and that's that can be a very challenging thing to do yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> especially for women I don't have sexual abuse but I can I've worked with a lot of women who do and it I I believe, even though I haven't had sex, sexual abuse per se, I believe, I don't know that I've met any woman who doesn't have sexual trauma of some uh-huh. sort, be it programming from childhood or choices they made when they were kids, whatever, you know. Um, and to come to, for me, like I'm still working on how do I feel ultimate pleasure in, in, in all things. And I'm, I'm getting better every day, but I know I've got a long way to go. And to be able to experience pleasure in all things, if, if I'm eating food, it really, my most pleasurable meals now are meals that I sit down and I have, like you said, intention. Like I sit down and I'm like, oh, this morning I had these, it was a very simple breakfast, eggs with salsa <laughs> and some sprouts that I grew. And I was just so mm-hmm. grateful that, oh my gosh, I actually grew these sprouts. Like I grew these sprouts and now I've got these powerhouse superfoods that I'm eating on these beautiful organic eggs thank you so much chickens thank you so much farmers you know like like this is the kind of and then the the food I know regardless of what I'm eating is 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 actually absorbed and utilized from a spiritual perspective rather than just like filling my fat cells up you know
0: yeah and the, the the vibration right the vibrations raised of everything you're you're bringing into your body because of the gratitude and because that raises the vibration of of it and um and i think that's what we do with any with anything when it comes from this this place of sacred and bringing sacred back into what we eat or what we're doing or how we're connecting with each other it raises the vibration
1: Yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. And it's the same with sex like yeah. I'm like again I'm still working on finding the most pleasure I can through my body, right? Through my senses. And in order to do that, I know that I have to be completely 100% vulnerable and present with my partner mm-hmm. to be able to be embodied during the process rather than checking out during the process, which I've done in the past a lot.
0: Oh yeah, so, me too. Yeah, sure. yeah
1: I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Anybody yeah. who has had sexual trauma has, right? Or even if you have this earlier line that it's not okay to be to be having sex, like it's a sin or whatever it is, right? Like you're not. It, you those know, stories, I, those stories,
0: stories, the chains that we are, those, those binds, um, mm-hmm. of how we see ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if those are truths, um, but, and they're not, and they're, they're not. just, they're in, they're just embedded in our DNA that's ready to heal and transform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that healing part for me was was that sacred, knowing that the pleasure that, especially with sex, that when I shifted that lens from um, this is something I shouldn't be doing or this is something that it's not okay or, you know, whatever those, those old stories were to... Um, I deserve this. That my body's a temple. That and and orgasm is the you know the highest connection to to spiritual self, mm-hmm. to source. That this is, you know, spiritual part of self is the sovereignty of the whole self. Um, of that really does embody a lot of the sacred feminine that was cut off, um, and and uh, disconnected from. So really connecting back to to that place of sacred, Mm. that that it's all sacred, that sex is sacred, that the body is sacred, that sharing yourself with someone else is a sacred um, act.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. I could talk about this all day long. I know. (laughs)
0: We can do a whole yeah podcast on just sacred sex and pleasure and social. Oh, let's do it. Okay. Amen. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Cool. And That's that all ties into value and worth, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I love it that you speak to self-worth and so and value and and those kinds of things. And I and I've also heard you speak to um how you stepped out of your spiritual closet and integrated spirituality into your practice. Uh I'd like to know a little bit more about that because um, I think, I know for me, like I'm a very spiritual person, but I don't necessarily share my spiritual experience with the world. As a matter of fact, I'm, 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 (laughs) (laughs) uh, I do bring it into my practice some, but I don't, I don't open that door a whole bunch depending on who I'm working with. You know, some people are like, yeah, give it to me. But other people, if you do, if you, it seems like in my mind, like if I, if I open that door too much, it'll scare them off or whatever storyline. Right. Or like I, I do a chanting practice and I still have weirdness around chanting. And even in front of my boyfriend, you know, I would prefer he be gone, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because right? it's it embarrassing or whatever the story, I don't even know the story. It's just, I can feel this feeling inside. And one time I was at a, um, I was at a yoga a workshop, and the teacher who was from India it was actually Ayengar's daughter, who I was being taught by. It was so beautiful. Oh wow! Yeah, she came in and she uh, she went to the altar. She lit the candles. She bowed. She prayed all right in front of me. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, she's doing that in front of us!" Like you know, it was like a it was a revelation for me because I've never like seen anybody be so open about their spirituality. It was always kind of behind a closed doors, you know, in my house because. You don't want people to think you're weird or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So if you could just kind of maybe speak to how you brought your, how you got out of your spiritual closet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about being seen and heard, right? What are others going to think of me and and the Mm -hmm. judgment and and uh, you know, like I said, I was the one in the metaphysical section of the bookstore for so long, but you know, I was, I, I have. Boxes and boxes of oracle cards and and you know crystals and you know tarot cards and you know learn to I've self taught you myself how to read tarot and how to use the pendulum and it was just something that was always just kind of fascinated me um along with the books and but it was never something I brought into a clinical practice (laughs) and I think the there were two things yoga was definitely a bridge for that because of the chakras and learning about the chakras the energy systems of the body and how they connect amazingly you know I mean they're absolutely supposed to be an integration of psychology and spirituality, in, in my opinion, um, because those chakras not only connect to different emotions in the body, um, they connect to the different organs, but they also connect to, like, Maslow's hierarchy and needs. Um, and so working, I work a lot of indivi- with the individual's, with the root center and the sacral and the root is all about feeling safe. Um, the sacral is that place where we, you know, we connect all our feelings, but it's also our creative flow and our creative energy and connection to that divine creative flow. And the solar plexus is about that place of um, confidence and self-worth and value and sense of self. And with trauma, you know, that totally, a lot of the times we can't say and do what we want to say. So it builds up all these masks and, um, you know, I had no idea who what authenticity even meant until I got into grad school and started doing my own th- therapy. So, you know, chakras was one bridge. The other bridge was my daughter who, um, I gave birth to her in 2010, but as when she was like four, um, and she started, she started, opening up my whole world. Well, one, when I was pregnant with her, it was the first time I felt true unconditional love for my body. Um, cool, my complete unconditional love. That was the very first time in, in my life that I could remember. Um, so she really has been a healing tool. But she, I mean, she she came into this world completely um, awake with her with her divine birthright of her spiritual gifts and and so I've um she could see auras around people and around animals she could she would tell us you know stories of of like her favorite family <laughs> that she had before us Oh my goodness. um yeah so in order to keep up with just I mean you know she could see and talk to to people or beings that that I couldn't see. Um, and I had to, had to you know, figure out how to keep her kind of, you know, safe in, in that area without shutting her down. Like I knew she had something really magical and, and special, but I didn't want to make her freaked out about it. I didn't want to scare her. I didn't want to sh- shut it down because I think that happens to a lot of individuals. Um, I think I, you know, I had a some of those spiritual gifts as a child, but I think they weren't encouraged, so they were closed down, Um, and so she really reopened that door for me um, with that spiritual closet and being able to kind of step out of that and, and connect to this world of of, of support and invisible support, I guess. Um, I call it the light team, but the, the higher consciousness, right? Our angels, our guides, archangels to source, because that really is the, the protection and the lens, um, you know, where these sacred gifts come from. So. I, she came home from kindergarten one day and telling me she really liked this one kid. And, and I, you know, asked what she liked about him. And she said, well, his color's magenta. And so I had to go on the computer and I was just like, what chakra is magenta? And it was like the soul star chakra, which is you know, above the crown. And so these, she's, you know, she's completely magical and beautiful. And, and uh, yeah, really has, taken me out of the spiritual closet. And in order to speak my truth about her, I just felt so, I had to do it in a whole way. I really just had to, to put it, because if I'm walking the walk and talking the talk from my clients, I can't not leave out that part. I mean, spirit, You know, the spiritual part of self is part of the whole self. So when when we're working through that, and and you know reflecting these parts and and my clients can can relate to her they can relate to being having those parts and and having them be shut down as children and really tapping back into that intuitive part of self where it was bringing up these these memories and and for individuals so the more I kept bringing it into my office the more it was received and um yeah, so now it absolutely is, isn't feels integrated to be able to have that as a whole. Um, so yeah, we we use art, we use intuitive divination tools, um, and you know really tapping into intuitively. Um, I do with my clients, and and they tap into it as well, and then it 's really just a holistic way of healing, but not only healing but connecting to the highest parts of themselves to see the bigger picture, to shift through a new lens, but to also find those places of, of empowerment um, mm. yeah, as mm. their their best self
1: yes, 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 yes. well, hat's off to you for <clears throat> being so open with and about your daughter. You know, because yeah. as a mother, you have two options. You have an option of poo-poo it and shut it down or mm-hmm. honor it and let it become something that it wants to be, right? And I think it's a, it's really easy for women who are kind of s- don't understand or they think their kid's just been silly or, you know, because right. they don't understand, right? It's easy for them just to kind of ignore it. But, you know, I, I just really honor you for allowing your daughter to grow into whoever it is she is going to be
0: thank you Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. me too it was you know it was really important i think i i you know feel like i'm i wanted to be in this field so that i i could be you know the parent i wanted to be to my child and um and it's one of the toughest jobs in the world and i don't i don't think it matters what what profession you're in at all but you know she she has been a an important catalyst for that. And even with, um, with, with family who, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up where it was okay to even talk about past lives or, or talk about, you know, those things like that. So bring, bringing those things up and, and, you know, have, having an understanding about that has really evolved, has really created this this involvement of of what it means to truly be human, um, mm-hmm. and I think she's a great lesson in that—that that it is a divine birthright to have these spiritual gifts. It's not just her; it's totally not just her. Sure. These children coming in are are absolutely awake because they have a purpose here, um, mm. on this earth to, you know, heal this planet. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also, I think, to wake us up, to realize that we have these gifts and talents too. Um, they're just more repressed, mm-hmm. but they, we are slowly opening up and remembering we had these gifts and there's a reason why we may have shut it down or repressed it. And it may be that, you know, when we did use those gifts, um, and we did connect to them, that And they maybe weren't well received in the community or we could have been persecuted for speaking our truth or using our magic in one way, shape or form. Um, And that's, that's those old stories, right? That's the collective story we're healing Um, that, that uh, you know, we can, we can be here to help heal and, and, and connect back to our spiritual self and we can do it for the best and highest good.
1: Mm, yes, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, thank you for your passion. You're doing such great work.
0: Oh, thank you. I I love what I do. I love sharing what I do too. So mm. that's a big part of being getting over being seen and being heard, right? <laughs>
1: yes, ma'am. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Is there? A, I'm gonna um, ask you a few closing questions, and yeah. um, and then we'll talk a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. But before we go there, is there anything else you'd like to share?
0: Hmm. Um. I don't know. I guess I feel like I've been talking quite a bit. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, I think just, I I, you know, I do, I have a passion for creating the ripple. I have a, I have a, I have a term light worker that was used, um, when I went to a retreat back in 2016, I had no idea what the word meant. Um, and, but what it basically means is being the way shower, being the light bearer, that when you turn your light on, and I think it's through our stories that, um, through our wounds that we find the gifts. And if we don't truly connect back to our wounds and heal our wounds, we can't do anything to help others. But when we do connect back to our gifts, or connect back to our wounds we find our gifts and when we do that it creates permission or it allows permission for others to do the same and so when we are fully embracing and embodying who we are at our whole self and the darks and the lights the, um it gives permission for other people to do the same and when our light is on when we are shining our best, best brightest boldest self then that gives permission for others to do the same and we create the ripple and that's you know that's evolution of where we're going into is this age of lights and being these luminescent beings um where we can use our creative visualization and our energy of our you know we're all made up of energy so our highest self um to heal and transform and, and, create this life of how we are supposed to be living it, um, so love and light and hope and peace. Hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, I can't
1: wait to have more conversations with you because this is yes. just, a, oh, turning me on girl. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. I just, it just feels so good to talk to somebody who, can, who speaks my language so right oh well. <laughs> and that's what we do right when we speak
0: it that's how we find our tribe mm-hmm. that's how we find our tribe It's how when we speak it because it's the other people that raise their hand that goes oh, you're my people like yeah. this this makes you know this this lights me up this is me too mm. and and that's how we do it we can't do this alone and instead of you know competing and separating and feeling like we have to do this alone it's it's doing things like this where where we're helping each other rise and helping each other speak our truth and um you know cheering each other on doing this work
1: yeah yeah, yeah. ah well thank you for the light that you're bringing. You um, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's my pleasure. Um, so before we go, I just have a couple of questions I want to um, ask. So I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember if we discussed this or not, if I actually told you. I changed the name of my podcast. Did I tell you that?
0: Yeah, to the biohacking. Right? Yeah, the ultimate uh-huh.
1: biohack for women. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm curious, what is your greatest biohack? Or I could ask that another way. It would be, what is, what's your number one thing that you do to optimize your well-being? and your vitality?
0: Mm. Oh, well, the first thing that comes to mind is speaking my truth.
1: Ah, yes, Being yes.
0: the truth teller, you know, it's going from victim, the stories of the victim, to the stories of the truth teller. And, um, you know, we hold on to those stories of our past. We hold on to the stories of our ancestors. And when we're, when we... Realize that we don't have to hold on to those, we can just be a channel and let it flow through and let other people's kind of stories flow through. We we end up being the truth teller and not the victim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so that, that transition and it really is doing the work, it's doing the work to walk the walk, to talk the talk, um, because mm-hmm. that's that's how the things change, that's that's how we change and shift and transform. Um, so I don't know if I answered that in a simple way, but just, just continuing to stay connected to that, connected to the intention, um, and, and really to, yeah, to a whole self.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And then my second question would be, what do you do to turn your soul on? So, so just let me preface this, actually. So the reason why... So the, the show was called Turn Your Soul On Radio, and I changed it to the ultimate biohack for women. And I believe that our ultimate biohack is being turned on. Because when we're in that mm. place, I, I, nothing is wrong. <laughs> like, you feel good no matter what, right? right? So I'm curious, what do you do to turn your soul on?
0: Mm. Following my yes. Mm. Following my hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. And I have to be connected to my intuition to guide that. So to embody that, that what's, what's calling me that, you know, which creates a lot of discernment. It creates a lot of like, uh, no, a, mm. a lot of saying no to what takes my time and energy that, um, you know, dims my light. So it really Mm. is just following and saying, connecting to my holy hell yes.
1: Mm. Oh, thank you. I love that. Yes, ma'am. I'm with you on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice.
1: So I know you have a lot of things that our listeners could tap into. Um, Is there something you'd kind of like to give them so that they can know where to find you and how to get in touch with you. I like your, um, lit from within global community as well. So whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If, well, if you are, if you're local and live in the, I round Iowa or Des Moines area, then, uh, healing arts, That is my, um, healing arts is my practice here in Clive Iowa if you want to reach me on a global basis if you are further away lit from within um, Molly Douglas lit from within is my Facebook page you can connect with me there and there's links on there for <clears throat> excuse me for Instagram it's I am lit from within you can follow me there um, I have a I have an opt-in on my Facebook page for you can download a free ebook of five ways to let your light shine right now. Mm. Uh, you can find that on there. And I also have some online uh, ways to work with me through um, private mentorship um, of the art of the sacred feminine, living lit from within. There's also group group um, experiences, if you're wanting to figure out how to integrate the head and the heart lens or bring the psychological and the spiritual together in whatever practice you're in, there's a lightworker mastermind group. Um, Or if you're just a little more curious and want to know more about it, I have an audio course on there that's available as well. That just uh, takes about 10, 20 minutes a day that you listen to on the way to work if you want to. So
1: Awesome. Awesome. And can you repeat the, the website where people can get in touch with you?
0: Sure. The website is HealingArts, P as in Paul, LLC.com. And you can find more of my links under Meet the Team. You'll see the other wonderful, beautiful women that work in the space I work in. Um, but there's also, um, yeah, the Facebook group is Molly Douglas Lit From Within and Instagram is I am. Lit from within.
1: Oh, nice! Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Molly. It's been such a pleasure.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And if you want to go directly to the online, um, the online group or uh, mentorship, you can also check it out on the Teachable page, which is litfromwithin.teachable.com. Nice, nice. But that's, yeah, it's a mouthful. So if you just go to HealingArtsPLC.com, that'll get you there.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. So Soul Sisters, I just want to remind you, and this is, I've taken this from my mentor, uh, John Lee Dumas, but he, you know, he reminds me all the time that we're the culmination of the five people we hang out with most. And uh, you just spent some beautiful time with us. Hopefully, we've created some shift in your life, enhanced your vibration, and may you be living with intention. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thank you for tuning in to another episode of turn your soul on radio go ahead and subscribe below and if you feel it's worthy of a five star review I'd greatly appreciate your support in this way if you'd like to go deeper with me you're welcome to join our private Facebook group turn your soul on or take it to a whole nother level and apply for my four month turn your soul on Masterclass. you're welcome to do this at drbrandyvictory.com whatever you do turn your so long. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, And this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.